the mood to talk Park Run Mel? That's pretty convenient, Scotty. I think there's some people out there in the mood to listen about us talking about Park Run. Let's do it for the next hour and a bit on episode 89 of the Park Run Adventurers. I've had, so Melbourne have this ridiculous public holiday. Every year, most of you will know about it, the Melbourne Cup happens first Tuesday of every November. But only in Melbourne do we get the lucky honour to have the day off work, which I use to my advantage to completely ignore the Melbourne Cup and partake in some park run trialling of a new event coming to Melbourne. Ooh, more details, please. Well, what better way to have a midweek? See, Tuesday's a funny day to have a public holiday off anyway. I think it businesses hate it because most people take Monday off as well. So we've got this four-day weekend in November. But I took advantage to trial a new event coming to the suburbs, southeastern suburbs, uh, southeastern, eastern suburbs of Melbourne with a bunch of my Westerfoldian buddies, and it's a cracker. I'm telling you, Mel, it's nice. Where is it? It's, Did the trial go well? The trial went fantastic. Ticked every box. I can't give too much away because it's not official. Ah, oh, so why are you talking about it? I'm then? just teasing. Uh... I'm just teasing. We're gonna, we're gonna. So the alphabet tears, people, they'll love it because there's a new letter coming. Not, not, it's not an X or a Z or anything, but it's a new letter for Melbourne, which is exciting for us. But it was also great to do park run on a Tuesday. It's good fun. Is it going to mess you up for the rest of the week, do you reckon? No, I don't think so. I don't think so because I like park run, Mel. If I could, <laughs> if I could I'd, I'd park run every day. I know, but isn't it just like that little period at Christmas where you can do five in, in a week and you, you lose track of what day it is because, you know, all of a sudden more, more days out of not are park run days? But that's the best time like of year. It's a good thing, but you just still lose the days of the week, no. or at least I do. Oh, see, I see that as a good thing, if you completely lose track of where you are in life. That says you're having fun. You're off the charts. It's like you've been on holidays. You're not watching the clock. This is all a good point. So it got me excited. It got me excited, and so I've started planning the rest of my year. Now, there's a certain level of sadness. I don't know. Most people listening to the podcast are with me in this level of sadness, I've now got a diary of where I'm going for the rest of the year. But that's not a that's not a sad thing unless, you know, you're being forced to go places you don't want to go. Do you mean it's sad because you've taken the spontaneity out of this weekend where where will I go and the excitement of that kind of adventure or Well I'm Talk me through the sadness. Some people would view it as being sad that they're documenting every step of their park run journey. And I don't know. I don't know where sadness is coming from. But what it illustrates is that uh, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the year. There's not many weeks left of 2017. There's not many weeks left until I get to my 50th event. So that's <sighs> that's where I was going. Can you tell me, is it going to happen in November or is it going to happen in December? Because I also have been planning my adventures for the rest of the year and I have a good idea when mine is going, my 50th is going to happen. But chances are it's not going to happen the same time as yours or even in front of yours if yours is going to happen in November. 
Well, it's very fluid. My calendar is very fluid. So I can't comment. It might not even happen this year. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I've got three to go to get there. I know. And there's how many weeks left? There's like eight. Yeah. You're not, you're not making good conversation here because you're not giving anything away. You're just doing that whole tease <laughs> thing. First time in my life. People want details. You know, sometimes adventurers, if you're going out to different places, they might want to know where you're going to be on any given date so that they can also join you. They might want to introduce themselves, tell you they hate your podcast. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. (laughs) I'm still quite anonymous when I go to Parkrun. For now. I think for a long time. But I'd I'd love more of our listeners to come up and say, Hi, Scott. Listen to the podcast. You could do better. Yes. (laughs) Mel's awesome. I am... My, my most recent experience with podcast fame was um, when I introduced myself to someone and and they were actually a mutual friend and I said, oh, well, yeah, I actually do a podcast with Scotty. And they said, oh, you're that Mel. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether or not that Mel is a good thing or not a good thing, but yeah. Podcast fame. So coming up in this episode, we've got the most famous park runner behind PSH, I reckon. If I said to you, Mel, give me a parkrun celebrity, who would you come up with? It would have to be this guy, definitely. I'm all about top fives lately, and our next guest, I reckon, is in our top five past interviews. On the Parkrun Adventures. <laughs> there he is. You can hear him. Welcome back, Danny Norman. Hi, guys. Hi there. How are you doing? We're good. We're good. You know the reason why I like you? I mean, I like chatting to you, Danny, but also you bring the numbers. You bring the people. Your, your episode, Nicola's episode, one of our most popular episodes. How does well, that make you feel? Much. Well, yeah. How does it make you feel? I mean... I'm surprised. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I distinctly remember that. I mean, it's um, it's humbling and it's surprising. But it's uh, I like you said, and I know when you had Nicola on, and I um, I looked on the iTunes charts for you guys, and it shows a popularity thing. And I had a look at the charts and as well, and like having Nicola and me on there, and it's great. And it's great that we can bring the audience to you as well. I mean, I love the fact that we could bring that audience to you guys because you very much deserve it. So um, yeah, top five in that top five though. Where do I stand in comparison to Nicola? <laughs> He's asking us the hard-hitting questions. See, this is what happens when you get a, a former podcaster on on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. th- this week, Danny, I think you're just nudging ahead of Nicola. Oh, that's a very diplomatic answer. I like that. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> my, my memory's a bit foggy, so next week if Nic- Nicola's on, she might nudge ahead. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I understand that perfectly. Okay. <laughs> You've just had a great adventure. You went over to the US of A. First time over there. Park running, I mm-hmm. imagine. Yep. How did yeah, that come about? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was a bit out of the blue in terms of my me getting over there. Um, to try and cut a very long story short. So, again, it's all tying in with the podcast, really, and the park run show and everything. Um, that uh, one of our, I mean, one of our, core listeners he was uh, there's a guy called chris Schofield, and he loved the podcast and he offered lots of assistance he helped us technically in lots of different ways and um, 
I, dare I say that I think it helped it. Um, Parkrun and, uh, and the podcast helped him at a tricky time in his life. So he always associated the two things in terms of helping him uh, feel better in the community sense sort of things. And um, so I got to know Chris via the, the Parkrun show and obviously going to a couple of park runs and, um, and Surbiton Junior Park Run, which we'll probably speak about later on. And uh, uh, he brought his uh, son Liam to that as well. So we've always had this connection. Um, and Chris um, flies a lot. He's done a lot of work for Apple in the past, which ties into the, the San Francisco journey. Um, that he's so he's worked for Apple in the past. He's been out there um, to San Jose quite a bit, and he's uh, now he has an app and he uh, which is um, called My Flights and it monitors flight um, bookings of flights and so he has to fly all over the place. And we were at a wedding for a lady called Gemma Brearley, another <laughs> big podcast listener. It's a, it's all very much this big and big uh, sort of community thing. Um, and he asked, "Where would I like to park around if I could?" It was just a throwaway comment. Where would I like to uh, park run anywhere in the world? And, and of course, there are 101 different places. And so I, I kind of assumed what he was trying to say, what he was hinting at. Um, I had an inkling he may sort of suggest something. Anyway, so it, it got bandied around. Obviously, you have places with iconic locations like Christie Field because it is in the shadow of the Golden Gate Bridge. Anyway, fast forward to July um, after the wedding. It was a couple of months before that. Um, and it was my birthday. And uh, unfortunately, in, in the year and two months that I've spoken to you guys, uh, hasn't been brilliant in my personal life. I've had a bit of a blip and a, a down point in depression. I mean, I'll be honest with it all. And um, uh, I had a pretty bad... It, my birthday wasn't a great period in my life. Anyway, so Chris dropped us a message and said, look... Um, would you like to come along uh, uh, to San Francisco and uh, do Chrissy Field Park Run? Um, and just as a gift. Now, all the flying that he's done, he's racked up so many points. So it wasn't going to cost him anything. I mean, the flights were free. Um, and you don't turn that opportunity down. Um, it was an amazingly gracious uh, gift. Um, and I don't know how, if or ever, I'm going to be able to repay it. But would you like to come and do Chrissy Field Park Run, San Francisco? I don't think there's a person on the planet who would say, nah, no thanks. So um, that's kind of in a nutshell in the way that we, um, I got to go out there um, to go and do it. And like I say, that was coming up to a week and a half ago and an amazing experience, an amazing experience. And I'm very, very lucky to have gone and done it. Danny, I do want to ask you um, what you thought of the event and things like that. But first, you, you mentioned, you know, you, you've had a bit of a uh, year. and um, but, but things like this, this, this amazing gift that has been given to you, and it has obviously been given to you as a result of everything that you have given to Parkrun and to the listeners of the podcast. How, how does that make you feel? That's a, wow. That, that's, I mean, that's a really, really good question in terms of how deep do I go because uh, how do you perceive yourself so it's when people are offering you these things you kind of like why and they, tr they try to say to you um, thank you for doing what you did and but I don't feel like I've done anything and I, I know it sounds really silly because even when the last park run I went to just this weekend I went up to it uh, specifically and I'd been asked to go there for years and years and years and it's like that 
that the people wanting you to be there or wanting to do something for you for what you've done. Um, but I don't know what I've done. And I'm not just saying that to pay lip service. I'm just like, I, I did something that I wanted to do and I enjoyed. And, and that people are still grateful for that. Um, so, I mean, like I say, the description of a uh, yeah, is pretty good. Um, I'm great with words. <laughs> that's a great description, great onomatopoeia. The, um, you have, I think, certainly as well, uh, I mean, I have that feeling of what parkrun means, and it's like, I try not to sound evangelical. I mean, you're going about parkrun and all the time, and it's, uh, you just sound like you're throwing the word out there all the time, but I wouldn't have run at all for months had it not been for that one one weekly run I mean there was times where I just got out and I did it and even if it was for three miles I it's that it's that linchpin it's that thing that is that just keeps you ticking over it and it's not about the run as well it's about having that connection that that um the the excitement that I will bounce out of bed and and go off touring somewhere and I would go and say hello to people or teams or meet people that have asked me to go there and having that connectivity so when people uh, do offer these things and say thank you, and um, I get communication still to this day, um, I think this may come into conversation later on about the park crunch, I want to bring it back. Uh, how does it make me feel? It makes me feel very humble, but at the same point, I, I always find it hard to understand, not in a bad way. It's just that I, I know that they appreciate the, the, the content creation, um, but it's something that I really enjoy doing. So I think it's a case I'm receiving praise for something that I, I would have liked to have done anyway. So if that, if that kind of makes sense as to why I kind of like, I don't see it as, as uh, what I've given is something that I would have done. So it's kind of hard to describe in a way, but yeah, like I say, very good question with a very existential answer, I guess. I think it's understandable, Danny. I think people just love parkrun. We, the three of us all love parkrun so much. And <laughs> because there's PSH, he started it. I think people just want to thank people that were involved mm-hmm. in getting it up and going. And even though, as you say, you don't know what you did, you talk mm-hmm. about it. And people just want to talk mm-hmm. about things they love. So I think that's what you did. You created this vehicle for people to talk about things yeah. that they want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think PSH is a great example in terms of he's, he's um, a shining example of how people will say thank you for bringing to us what you did and giving this this thing. Whereas it, it's circumstantial in a way. It's a case of like, um, that's how he, I guess he sees it. He's always, he seems to come across it as a bit uncomfortable with this praise. He's got better at it over the years um, in terms of being able to accept it. Um, meaning that, that he never, again, he's never seen it as something that he did specifically as a long-term goal to get all these thousands of people thanking him. He just did it because he was in that particular place at that time and the circumstances brought him to go ahead and bring this run into Bushy Park and, it, and it's grown into what it's become. Um, and I guess people associate me a little bit on, I guess, with the podcast or other bits that I've done with that with that thing, is that, that, that community knitting, that kind of like that people being able to see the podcast and have this be at the lexicon and the language and having that familiarity and, and bringing them a, a resource about their interest. And yeah, that's what I think where it comes down to. Again, that's what I mean by circumstances that, um, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time um, and fortunate enough to have a, a passion and an interest and then be able to express that out, communicate that, and then people go, thank you very much for expressing that or your opinions or your feelings 
uh, and informing us and giving us that kind of that, that position to understand parkrun or the ethos or the history. So I think I guess that's where a lot of it comes from. So going back to your meh year, you were still continuing to go to parkrun <laughs> every yeah. week. Yeah. How was that? You, obviously, it was a it was a good ritual for you, and you weren't going to miss it. But did you still look forward to it as much as you had previously? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I yeah. I mean, oh, not. How do I say it without getting dark? I mean, uh, it would be it would be too much of a stretch to say life saving. But in terms of that, yeah. I mean, like I said, I got into a pretty dark place, and that just having that shining light just having that thing to latch on to that thing to look forward to um that thing like if I, that's the thing i think in hindsight if i didn't have something that i got so excited about doing that that guarantee of being there just being able to be a part of that if it just was a, a week was a monotony it could have been dark um but parkrun allowed me just to be excited for a morning and, it, and because of the obsession that I have with it, for the compulsion I have to do them, it just kept me looking forward. So I think that's what it brings. And I think it does, it does that for a lot of other people too. I know it does that for a lot of other people too. And that's why I have a lot of appreciation for it. And it's pretty much, this is the, pretty much the most open I've been about these feelings about it publicly as well. So yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable talking about it, but I'm honest and open about it too. Oh, we love it that you're sharing it with us. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's important to share with us because I've had some crap weeks lately too. I've had some good ones, but I'm with you. You're just sort of looking forward. You're just trying to get to Saturday because you know everything's going to be right on Saturday yeah. morning because, you know, as we know, familiarity, all your friends are going to be there. It is. It's parkrun. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I think it is in a nutshell. It's like you say, it's hard to describe it. You tell people what is parkrun. It's a free weekly time 5K. But it's more than that. It's it's about the psychology. It's about the little nuances and the elements that that mean different things to different people. And like I said, you can't describe it all because, uh, like I say, it just enca- it's encapsulated in a, in a wider field and a wider scope. And like I say, that's why that's why people love it so much. Danny, we have been um, having a little bit of fun with Strava heat maps of late, and you you have this wonderful map that you do yourself of the park runs that you've done and you sort of highlight them in a different color to the ones that you haven't done and if you look around where you live it's just this massive cluster I mean obviously you're extremely lucky to have such close access to so many events but what is the closest event to you at this stage how, how far away is it <laughs> the nearest event not yet done or am I right in saying it's the nearest event not done yet in Australia? yes because we we like Nendi <laughs> It's so much easier to say than Nenid. Yeah, we have Nenid and you have Nendi. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I was discussing this the other day. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the nearest, <laughs> I love this in terms of uh, relative distances. So my nearest one is a whopping in Australian terms, <laughs> a whopping being sarcastic. So in UK terms, a whopping um, 80 miles away. Um, whereas I think that's pretty, that's, that's, um, that is piddly in Australian terms, really, isn't it? So, um, but within that 80, so the nearest event being Corby, which is in the Midlands of England, is 80 miles north of where I am. Um, that's my nearest event, not, um, sorry, my nearest event, not done yet. And 
that will take me a couple of hours to drive there of a morning. Um, but within that scope, within that range, I think of a very rough estimate I've done. We, I have 200 events in that area to have done. So, like you said, being very, very fortunate to have such a massive cluster in a relatively tight area. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate. I'm, I'm very aware of that, too. Yeah, we would have a lot of runners that would just be absolutely salivating at the prospect of four years' worth of park runs within a, a relatively easy drive. So do you, do you ever double up on events these days or you just don't even bother? I, I try not to. I, I've really gone at it. So the last time I spoke to you guys, I was coming up to my 500s. And I have had a look at my, my stats and my data and my information since I, I spoke to you. And uh, I had a flick through and I run down of the events that I've been to. Um, I I have my own, I, my, I think it's more of a case of my, I have my own little personal goal at the moment is to get to 250 different events. So when I say I don't like doubling up, I mean that in the sense that I would prefer to just, again, this obsessive compulsion to get to this arbitrary number and tick it off is what my goal is at the moment. Um, I'm more than willing and happy to have done so. I've done that for a couple of reasons, uh, be it to go see my parents in Hatfield for Christmas and uh, and a couple of other reasons that I won't go into for other because it's other people's personal matters. But um, yeah, uh, I think somebody did a, a, a chart on the tour the Facebook um, tourist group. We have a UK tourist group, and they said that I was the most frequent person who's doubled up on events. So uh, that was more of the fact that I've been going around with um, um, my chauffeur, as it were, uh, Steve Ramek and, um, and Libby, who I'm no longer with at the moment. Uh, sorry, no longer with uh, going forward <laughs> at all. That's all done. Sorry, I'm blustering now. Um, yeah, so I used to go and do a double up on events uh, because those guys hadn't done it just yet. So I would go around and, and, and do that. But at the moment, I'm just, uh, I'm just absolutely focused and fixated on uh, going to events that I haven't done yet and um, ones that are asking me to go there. I've got a lot of events that have been asking me to go there for a long time and I'm trying to get that done too. Let's go back to Chrissy Field. How uh-huh. did you find it? I saw your video. It was a bit foggy, so you uh-huh. didn't get to the, see the field <laughs> bridge. How does yeah. an American park run compare to what you're used to? It's really hard not to go into uh, the event without having preconceptions. So it's like if you have a movie that is spoken about before you get to see it, you you kind of get a general feel for it. And I think Chrissy Field had that too, um, that I really tried not to have too much impressions put on me so I could go there and I could create my own impressions of it. So um, I don't know how indicative of an American event it would be. I mean, it's... Uh, would it be the same as, say, an East Coast one? And um, it was certainly different. So, like you say, the video, it was it was foggy. Luckily, the previous day was really sunny, and I happened to cycle across the Golden Gate. So I've got all the uh, the general lovely shots and uh, had that all done. But it was unfortunate that um, it wasn't really visible on that Saturday morning. Um, so getting there, um, aesthetically, fantastic, of course. Even my, the, the location itself, minus the fog. Um, I did happen to catch it on a particularly unusual day as well. So it's like going to an inaugural event in the UK, especially where you don't really get a true feel for the general event week to week. 
because uh, it's, bit, it's a bit more of an occasion. And because there was a, a group from the Run Better for Oakland uh, organised, that non-profit organisation or charity is one of the two, um, they brought down 120, 130 additional people, I think. So they, they doubled the usual numbers. So the event team were very much um, trying to manage that as well. So my impression on the event was always going to be slightly, um, not sway, slightly, uh, slightly coloured in a good way, in, in a yellow and blue way, because that's the colours they wore, uh, with those guys going on. So I wasn't having um, an average Chrissy Field experience, if that makes sense. Um, but going there, I had previous um, uh, information. I knew that that the no barcode, if, there was a saying of a no barcode, no um, no worries, I think it was, in terms of the, they're not as stringent as, as we are in the UK about it. Um, they don't want people to have bad experiences. I'm in two minds about that personally, because I think that if you're going to go to San Francisco Park Run, you take as many measures as possible to remember your barcodes. <laughs> I mean, the first thing that I put on my wrist before I got on the plane, on the, well, my journey to the plane to fly out there was my barcode, and I ensured I had about three different copies. So I think if you know you're going to go there, you, you, you make inroads to remember it. Anyway, um, that's just my opinion. But um, the event, it's 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 the same but different. Like like with anywhere, they've 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 pretty much implanted park run there. Um, it's a busy area, but it wasn't as busy as of what I've heard. There are other, other park users, plenty of other people that could be there. There's a lot of expat Brits there, um, so I, it doesn't quite have that entire American flavour, if that makes sense, because it's still highly influenced by uh, British people, not necessarily people who've done park on over here and they've gone over there. Um, a lot of them have found out about park run and just haven't got into it while living out in San Francisco, so... There's that kind of connection. Maybe the, I think I said in the video that the British have this, I don't know, maybe this radar about three weekly 5K runs and they get a, they get into them. So I really I really enjoyed it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I was very, very excited and it lived up to all the excitement and expectation. Um, and it was a very busy morning, but it was very energetic. And it was a, it was a, uh, I think it was like the 13th anniversary that I was at Upton House when PSH was there. Paul Sinton here, sorry, um, that it just had that buzz about it and that just made it a little bit extra special. Did you wear your magic blue T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, I, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's interesting to wear that too because, uh, yeah, I'm proud of it. And at the same point, I don't try and make a big deal of it. So people are like, well, why are you wearing it if you don't want to bring attention to yourself? But it's like no different to a 50 or a 100 or a T50. Um, yes, I did. And I, you get asked. You get asked because, of course, people notice and recognise it. And uh, it, because it is rare, they want to see it, photograph it. Um, and so I got brought up onto the, they have this concrete uh, sort of plinth thing and they said, here's Danny from the UK, he's done 500 park runs, here's his T-shirt. But because a lot of them were first-timers, they had absolutely no idea, no concept of what the T-shirt represented. Um, so I did feel a bit of a, uh, a bit of a, um, well, I felt embarrassed, <laughs> to put it politely. <laughs> we, we've got half a dozen odd 250 shirts going around in Australia. And the first one that I saw in 
the fabric I actually asked if I could touch. Do you get asked a lot by people if they can touch you? Yes. <laughs> and yeah, but I do. And this is the thing. I'm, I'm very conscious and aware that if you look at my, be it my Twitter feed or my Facebook profile, it would seem that I go around to all these events and I'm going, and if you could easily assume that I'm going up to people going, look at my t-shirt and please, please look at me and all this, uh, this uh, attention. And I don't, I generally, I do go there. I do wear the 500 tee, but I do not proclaim it. But people notice it and of course what other people then end up doing is they say please can we have a photograph can we have a photograph of it and they um and half the time it's of my best side which is my backside um and so of course i end up having these shots where it looks like i'm standing there having a little bit of a, of a wee because <laughs> i'm standing there basically having to show off my shoulder blades and so um just this week just this week at, um at bruton up in birmingham i was there and there was a regular parkrun show listener, and I could wa- I watched what he was doing. He wasn't telling me, but I could see what he was doing, and I could see him collecting all the the, the t-shirt milestone t-shirt people. And he was getting a ten, he was getting a fifty, he was getting a two fifty, and he got an apricot, and he got a volunteer twenty uh, twenty five. And then he asks, and he goes, well, "Can you line up and have the photograph taken?" Then you have the photograph taken, and then that's used as a profile pic and uh, and used on the Bruton Facebook page and everything. And it's not something that I did. I didn't uh, engage it. I didn't. Um, I didn't uh, sort it. It's what naturally happens. People do. They get excited by seeing this rare item. And they do. They ask to. They, I have been touched a few times by people say, "Please, can I touch it?" And um, yeah, it's not that an irregular occurrence. But I, I also just want to make sure that I don't seek out that attention. There you go. Just in case people think I'm a bit of an egomaniac. Well, it is a bit like you know having a unicorn come to parkrun for a lot of places. I imagine. Yeah. Do you do you ever just get really tempted when people ask to say, "Look, sorry, no, no photos, thank you." <laughs> <laughs> like a diva. Just so they can go, oh, yeah, he's that guy in the blue shirt who's such a prat, wouldn't even let me take a photo of him. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm too sensitive a soul deep down. I, I, no, I, um, I, I very much like to remind myself if people are going to come over and ask you, they're, they're, they're tentative and um, about asking about it. And I will forever always say, absolutely, I will bend over backwards if they want to touch it, speak about it, have a photograph taken with it. No, I am absolutely all for it, no matter what. Now, Danny, there's so many places we can go. I want to talk about mm-hmm. the Park Run Show podcast and the chance of it coming mm-hmm. back. I think yes. what we've started down here is very much for the Australian audience. And mm-hmm. obviously the UK people are craving out for something yeah. similar. Where are you at? Is there any chance that it might come back or what are you thinking? Yeah, good question. Um, there's, there's always a chance and I, I tweeted it. I tweeted something to that effect uh, three weeks ago, I think it was, and it's easily the most liked tweet that I've had on my public account and my public Twitter account. And, um, and that tells you something. So that shows you that there is a desire there. Um, at my running club, um, I've got to know, I've got to uh, become close with a lot, of, um, with a few new people, um, and I adore them. They've been very supportive in my my uh, times, and they've started listening to the podcast, and they love it. And I'm not just saying that, but they love it. They've been listening to it and they've been able to go back and listen to it as a resource and they've enjoyed listening to it and they're very positive about it. 
um and they're being genuine they're not again they're not just paying me lip service so they are saying do and a lot of people will end up saying please um and i'll be perfectly honest with you that um i have had conversations where so uh, with uh, hate with global park run global there have been conversations um they came to me and they said would you do it again and uh, and i've had a, got a meeting i've had a conversation um but we are currently at a position where there's not really an agreement as to res- resource available and uh, uh, my ability to produce what they would like um so it's very much there it's there like a pulsing light in the back of my brain going uh, bring it back now it doesn't need to be officially brought back um that's the thing it was always going to be an unofficial official thing so it would be a case of uh park run which were with hopefully lending my my experience uh, an authority of voice having that experience and authority of opinion and weight of message that it would carry um at the same point it could also be independent so uh, that's the thing i think that might be wiser and smarter to go about it be independent bring it back in that form um the amount of time that goes into it so you end up having to balance cost and value um and then like i say expanding it beyond that it wouldn't just be the podcast it would have to be a bit beyond that as well i mean i very much think that youtube is a uh, avenue to go down um nowadays as well as additional any media any any interest any core specific interest uh, as we go along people focus a lot more on their core interests now across a lot of media and they have the option and choices so i think scheduled uh, radio television is on the back burner now print media is out of the way people are focusing on their core interests and they have the media and the connectivity to to do that now and i think as parkrun keeps growing there is a burgeoning audience as well as the core audience from the past um that can be fed into so to uh, go in a very very roundabout way to answer your question yes it could come back yes i am interested yes there have been official communications about it it's just how i go about pushing that button so yeah just keep your ears and eyes open and we'll see well that's great news exciting news because one yeah. thing well a lot has happened since you stopped doing the podcast yeah. and to where we are now yeah. the direction of parkrun is is quite different so you'd have to balance all that out the the yeah i think what was it i was the audience well the global audience of parkrun as a whole is when was i was i saying 100,000 when it finished and now it's getting up to 250 um, and that is going to be start reaching 300, 350, where there's a lot more countries coming online. Because that's the thing. I mean, it, it is it would be primarily UK-based, purely from a location point of view. At the same point, it, because it's online, it's the internet, it means that it has a, a global reach. Um, and so, therefore, it would expand beyond that. And so the, the audience could be a lot bigger, but also the information pouring in, uh, the expectation pouring in would also be very different. I think that the the, the topics that would be um, spoken about or raised potentially um, could be quite a lot to deal with. I think that also there is a risk as the audience grows that if I express my opinion like I used to do, 
that there would probably be a bit more ad hominem attacks. I could also be spending a lot more of my time bit, um, taking a lot more criticism, and I have to be really careful about that as how it would affect me mentally. So um, there's a lot to evaluate. It's not just a matter of sitting down behind a microphone, talking about parkrun and going away again. It could be that simplified, but I don't think anything's ever that simple. So, um, yeah, like I, said, I think like I say things have developed, things have changed. The, the audiences have changed. I think that... Uh, certain communication, certain uh, groups online uh, are having an effect message that's being passed out there about Parkrun. Um, I just think that, that there is an avenue to try and get a hold of um, uh, that, that those lines of comms and say, look, this is misinformation, that's incorrect, um, that's not the reason why, and this is the reason why, this is the history, that's the reason why and people were using having a resource to actually go actually do you know what this is the truth not this supposition that you may find online in some throwaway comment on a, on a facebook group so um yeah it's interesting times it's very interesting times i, li I like where you're going with this danny because there isn't exactly like um i mean it's it's not really parkrun global's job to step into unofficial discussion forums and things like that and say well actually guys these whole chinese whispers that you you're um and speculations that you're perpetuating here not entirely accurate because obviously you don't have the full story and there are a lot of assumptions made i know there are certain groups online that i cannot read comments um and i have to turn away when i see a lot of the original posts because i think oh that one's just gonna uh, start a whole big argument that's unnecessary. How do you feel about those sorts of forums and, and do you get involved? Um, I, I keep tabs on. So, okay, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to pull the trigger and say the particular one which we are especially referring to, which has a large reach, rel relatively large reach. It doesn't reach out to hundreds of thousands but i think it's about nineteen thousand people on it it's the parkrun discussion group and i think that i'm not a member of it but i i go and look out in it on occasion i don't want the notifications spoiling my timeline and there are a lot of great positive posts on it do not get me wrong there are some fantastic life-affirming stories on that group and they get a lot of likes and a lot of responses but at the same point there is a lot of toxicity uh, toxicity if i can say the word properly um, I think there is a lot of misinformation. There is uh, opinion posing as fact. I think that, um, that people lend an air of authority to their voice when they don't have that position. And I also think you're completely correct about Parkrun Global. They can't address every single thing that's posed. They can't uh, address every single question or supposition that's put out there because they would be spending all the time doing it. Because you get the same things ad infinitum rolled out over and over and over again. But at the same point, they'd also be accused of saying, well, you're going to have to say that, aren't you? Because, of course, if you were to ask the Ford Motor Company, is your car great? The Ford is going to go, yes, it's fantastic. But you rely on a motoring journalist, like a Top Gear program, to come along and go, we're not in the employ of Ford. We think this is our opinion on this particular car. So Parkrun is in this very difficult position where they can't address every thing thrown their way because they're, they're going to have expectation about their... The addressing that and replying to these particular things. Oh, you're just saying this because. So you want to have a voice that is independent to go, do you know what? Actually, I am not in the 
the pocket of, and this is the reason why, this is the opinion why, and um, I, I'd like to think that my voice would carry value because I have the knowledge and experience and also the connections, the, the communication, and also affording uh, a right to reply and also the ability to ask people the truth. And I think there, there are lots of anecdotes that I can give where things have been put out there. And I've read that on this group. And I've gone to the person in particular and go, this is being said, but I don't think this is true. And they've gone, no, it's not true. But I, I'm not going to address it. I'm not a member of the group. And it goes out there. But then it proliferates a little bit. It spills out a little bit. It just seeps through. And, of course, that myth soon becomes fact. Once it's repeated enough, and I was sat with somebody the, uh, a few months ago, lovely lady, and I was chatting away to her, new to Parkrun, loved Parkrun. She was so into it. But then she started spitting out a few things, the comments. And I went, you're a member of the discussion group, aren't you? I went, yeah, I am. She started saying certain things that made me feel just as a little ill as when I read them. And I went, okay, that's not quite right. And I would address it and I would uh, try and speak to her about it and I'd inform her about it. And then she'd go, I didn't know that or I didn't know this. or And I could, I could answer the questions she posed and I could change her mind frame purely by giving her correct information. But if this, uh, if this wonderful lady was a, a great indication, or a bad indication, I could say, as to, what has, to the ill effect that that group can have, then that was it for me. And I'm thinking this is not just her. And that spills out because people start to talk a little bit more. And when these things aren't being addressed, that word of mouth starts to spread a bit further as well. And people's impressions, first impressions of Park when they go on there, are actually, I'm not quite sure that this, play, um, this community is for me. And it's bad and it's ill and it makes people who are passionate about the positivity of parkrun feel genuinely a, a bit sick in the pit of their stomach. And that's my feeling. I do. I actually see that. And I think this is this is bad. Um, it, it's capped. It is at an extreme. It's at the far end of the bell curve. But um, and you often, you're always going to get 10 or 20 of the chieftain voices who are going to be the keyboard warriors who actually go out there and have absolutely everything to say. Um, but they have to try and measure what they really say and how they go about it and how they say certain things. And, uh, and, and at the same point, parkrun should never, ever be stuck in an echo chamber. And you don't want that. You don't want to live in an echo chamber because that doesn't help matters too. You have to be able to take criticism. You need to be able to do, uh, do it and address it in a particular fashion and manner. Um, and that's why I think there's a massive division. You have this uh, echo chamber in comparison to this negative toxic group and there's some there's space in the middle there is a balance there to be met in the middle by something so potentially that's where my brain is at in terms of where the parkrun show could come back or a form of the parkrun show could come back and be some kind of mediator there so there's lots again there's lots of things to think about in that sense the whole time you were talking i was thinking we'll just bring back the podcast and all the problems will be solved <laughs> You've made another great argument <laughs> to bring back yeah. the podcast. I've just convinced myself, haven't I? So, great. Yeah. great. Well, let's keep going with the interview. We might have. We might start the podcast by the end of the interview. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Last cool. year, I had the pleasure of meeting you in person. I visited Surbiton Junior Park Run, and I still mm -hmm. fondly look back on that morning. That was just a great yep. morning. I had so much fun, the joy in the kids, and just for me. I just had a really good morning watching Junior Park yeah. Run. Um, uh -huh. How's that all going? Still going strong, I hope? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, 
I think it's been chief in my uh, positivity and outlook on life as well. In terms, not just the Saturday mornings, but I don't race anywhere near as much. My my fitness, my ability to run is nowhere near as it used to be like a few years ago. Uh, I'm not racing on a Sunday morning or going out for long runs on a Sunday morning, but I get up on a Sunday morning and I get out and I'm productive and I'm productive in a fashion because of Surbiton Juniors. And I've pretty much been there for as many events as possible uh, throughout its two, how old is it now? Two year, two month history. Um, and I remember that morning with you really well, especially too. I mean, it was funny because you didn't let us know that you were coming. And I suddenly saw somebody standing there in a purple volunteer 25T and the face was familiar. And then suddenly, because I was run director that day, my brain is in run director mode. So I'm thinking like 50 things at once. And then, of course, a penny drops. And it's like, oh, it's Scott. And it's like, okay, then. It's like you're not expecting you because you're meant to be the other side of the planet. So um, it was fantastic to have you, fantastic to host you. Um, the reasoning of you being there as well is to give, give you a massive insight because, of course, Junior Parkrun Australia. And, yeah, it was great to have you along and uh, show you uh, the best that we could in terms of um, – how parkrun or junior parkrun is and how it can be and give you a great insight and give you lots of thoughts to take back um and luckily it was a really sunny day so that helped too so yeah I, like you say I, I really enjoyed it and i loved conversing and chatting with you in the coffee uh, shop afterwards as well and putting the world bang to the rights i believe i was very jealous when i heard scotty had been along to sjp because i i'm super keen to get along to a, a junior parkrun what you you mentioned it it was key to your positivity danny what drew you to it in the first place um so i'd always uh, had my um hand in junior park run in a couple of fashions so bushy juniors i would it, that's it's still an, an anomaly in terms of it being once a month so i would pop along and i'd go and volunteer there as much as i could whenever i could and so i always loved the idea of junior park run and of, of course um i felt it had a lot of value to bring um and so i enjoyed that aspect and then when it was on the cards to bring it forward now i didn't actually seek it out um it was sought out by the council they wanted it to happen, so they were they tasked um, Park Run with asking people, and they asked my running club, and there's um, so people sought out a, the um, the location. It was Ian Cockrum, Jackie Chang. Um, they found the location, and then they proposed. They went, Danny, you would be great to do this, and I, and it was when did I finish working for Park Run? It was the end of March, April, so major. And it was two months after I'd finished working for Park Run, so it was almost this perfect continuation. So I'd, I'd always said having finished working for Parkrun, that I would then like to move into an ED role or potentially ambassadorial role. So it came around in the right location at the right time, a couple of months after I'd left, just to give myself that little break to then come back into Parkrun in a slightly more official capacity as an event director. Um, and I ummed and ahed a little bit and went, yeah, go ahead, I'll do it. Um, and it's one of the best decisions I've made because I absolutely adore it. I love it. It's it's um, sustained. It's grown. We've created our own community. Uh, we have our regular core volunteers. And like you said, we, uh, we're putting on this 2K event for juniors and it's full of effervescence and positivity and it lightens up and brightens up your Sunday morning. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's been a great decision. Like I say, right place, right time. Um, and yeah, and all the better for it. 
Well, we certainly can't wait until we get junior park run in Australia. Now, so. <laughs> before we finish up, I just want to ask, at the risk of, um, you know, sounding like we're, we're, we're looking for another invitation, if you could now park run anywhere in the world, money's no object, where would it be? <laughs> Again, absolutely. And yes, hint, hint, Australia. Um, so there is a particular park run that if I was to come to Australia, I mean, it wouldn't just be for one flying and go away again. So if money was no object, it would very much be a case to come to Australia and do a bunch and do as many as you could. Because obviously you've got 200 plus easily down there, I believe, haven't you? Nearly 250, I think. Um, so I'd end up having to spend five years uh, down under to do it. So um, this is going to sound really silly, but the one that sticks out for me would be Mosman in Sydney. And the reason why it's Mosman in Sydney is that... Um, that the listeners to the Parkrun show will remember Steve Darby. And I mocked Steve Darby with his broad Yorkshire accent. And I would do this on occasion on, on the podcast. And Steve and his girlfriend Hannah now live in New Zealand, but they um, spent some time in Australia. And they went to Mosman Parkrun. And Mosman's a relatively smaller attended parkrun. But they turned out on a wet Saturday morning and went to Muslim Park Run. And he said that he was Steve Darby. And all of a sudden, it was like, you're the Steve Darby. So all of a sudden, you had, again, Steve's on the other side of this of, of the world, surrounded by the, uh, these this small Park Run community who saw him as like some kind of Park Run show deity, this, this celebrity, as it were. Um, and they were big into it. They were big into the parkrun show, and Simon Mackley as well. And so um, I've got to know people inadvertently via Facebook images. I've never met these people, but I've got to know about them. Um, so I would feel obliged to have to go and do Mosman parkrun. I've never been to Sydney. I've never been to Australia. I'd love to go there. Um, if I was going to be there, my first parkrun in Sydney would definitely have to be Mosman for that purpose because I know that the parkrun show means a lot to uh, a lot of their core their core team and core runners. So um, that's where I'd go first. It's funny you say that because Simon Mackley is the person who asked me to ask you that question. So it's it's almost like he knew. Yeah, serendipity, I believe that's called. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know that, but yeah, I would. I would go there. I would. We'd have to make sure we join you, Danny, because yes, you know, have you, have you done Mosman? I haven't, and it's it's one of the events that I have promised that I will definitely get to at some point as well. And so that that list gets pretty long, as you, you would know, Danny, the ones that you say, yes, I will come and I will visit, and yeah, that list does get very long. But uh, Mosman is definitely up there right at the top of that list, so we would love to come along if you manage to make it there too. Yeah, we'll just wait till I get over there first. All right, okay, cool. All right, well, that's that's the excuse I'm going to use next time Simon asks me. Yeah, wait for Danny. Sorry, we've got, I've got to wait for Danny. <laughs> Fair enough, cool. Danny, it's been a treat, as I knew it would be. Thanks for coming on and Absolutely. sharing the tales. I mean, we touched on San Francisco, but there's so much more to your story. Thanks yeah. again. I think we're going to have you back. Soon. My absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm always honoured to be asked. Now, we all know 
what that sound means? Well, most of you should. It's going to be the second edition of the Parkrun Adventurers quiz that we call Madness. And this month, it's November Madness. We're going to welcome back our carryover champ, all the way from Berwick Springs in Victoria. Welcome back, Melissa Ellis. Hi. Thank you. And... That's enough, guys. And challenging you all the way from – as as you all know, the uh, studio audience is back, so they obviously enjoyed the first edition. And all the way from Sydney, representing New South Wales, is Simon Mackley. Welcome to November Madness, Simon. Thanks for having me. I'm not sure what to make of that sound. I think, I think they're shocked that someone from New South Wales has engaged with the Parkrun Adventurers. I don't know. Oh. Do you feel the pressure of maintaining the uh, reputation and status of New South Wales, Simon? No, there's no pressure at all. Well, I'm going to win. <laughs> oh, them's fighting words. That's confidence. I love it. Okay, so you know the rules. So the buzzer is your home park run. Let's just test that they're working. Ladies first, champions first. Melissa, let's hear your buzzer. Beric. And Simon. Mossman. They're working. Here we go. Question number one. Last week, park run registered its four millionth member. Which country does the four millionth Mossman. member? Simon. South Africa. Well done. <laughs> Correct. One zip. Okay, that's one to New South Wales. Question number two. In episode 88 of the Parkrun Adventurers, Mel was trying to think of a word beginning with C. What was the word? Anyone? Anyone? We got buzzers? <laughs> I've forgotten. <laughs> It means together with something. Collaborate? <laughs> no, collaborate is the word I told Scotty. It was not. <laughs> and you didn't – the buzzer, Simon, the buzzer. Oh, Derek? sorry. Oh, no, Melissa's, Melissa's buzzed in. It's not corpor- is it corporation? No, it is not. Oh, okay. And sorry for your answer as well, Simon. <laughs> Thanks. See, it wasn't okay. just me, Mel. Nobody knows. <laughs> Everybody who was listening knew. Maybe we need to replay that little section and that would make people remember um, probably what the word was going to be. It's, it's the C word. It means together with. It's in. Cooperation. But Mount Mossman. <laughs> <laughs> um, Simon. Cooperation. Yeah, no, didn't we just say it was a cooperation? No, that was collaboration. <laughs> oh, look, the, <laughs> the crowd's turning on us. All right, maybe we just need to move on to question number three. The answer was conjunction for those oh, playing along yes. at home. Conjunction. <laughs> and we also will have Sheridan Laws out there who's listening, and she'll be yelling it out again, conjunction, conjunction, because she actually commented on our Facebook page this week telling us what it was. Question three. It's a who am I? I am a male Australian park runner. 
I have completed more than 50 official volunteer stints. My parkrun PB is 16 minutes and 36 seconds. Mossman. Simon. Steve Monaghetti. <laughs> that was a very long no. <laughs> Okay, now you're you're out, Simon. So no, no, no. The rule was last time people can still buzz in if they if they come up with. That's what we did last time. You can't change the rules from madness to madness. That would be chaos. Oh, so just whenever you're ready, Simon, go again. Have another crack. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Okay. I have completed 236 park runs worldwide at more than 50 different locations. I often park run with my park dog, Bella. I am a member of the Dave's Running Club. Mossman. Simon. Dave Robbo. Oh, I was going to ask for more information. <laughs> Good job. Okay, question number four. Quick, what quick, event quick score am... update, Mel. Quick score update. Oh, okay, go for it, Scotty. Uh, out in front, good strong start is Simon. Two Mel, just just um, checking your buzzers working. Melissa, I should say, Melissa, just checking your buzzers working. Yes, Beric. Because you haven't scored yet, Melissa. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I think it's she okay. might be aware of that, Scotty. That's okay. I just <laughs> wanted to just. That's my motivational speech. He's he's great at pep talks, isn't he? No pressure or anything. Let's get to question number four. What event am I? I launched in Queensland on the 22nd of June, 2013. Each week, I average 60.7 runners and usually have between four and six volunteers. We are one of fewer than 20 events who had a female first finisher at our inaugural event. When it gets very wet, we have to cancel due to flooding. Our biggest ever attendance is 128. We have a sister event in the United Kingdom who shares our name. We make rocks happy. That's a pretty big hint right there, that one. We are located in central Queensland. I've run out of hints, guys. Have we got any guesses? Okay, Mossman, Rocks happy Riverside. Rock. <laughs> That was a no for Simon's Rocks Riverside. I got in, that. In case we needed some clarification. <laughs> yes, it's all it's all in the name that we make rocks happy. Don't take it literally. Obviously, the Melissa questions are, are too difficult this time. The Mel I questions. Know. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got one more clue. We are a member of the recently announced Prospectors Club. Beric? Melissa. I'm just going to go with Golden Beach. Oh. No. You were close. It started with a G. <laughs> oh, I know it. Too we're going to call time on this one now. Okay. The answer is Gladstone, Queensland. Oh, that- Gladstone. Oh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have listened to Scotty when he said don't take it literally. <laughs> well, I think... Rocks. I think they were going for rocks. I didn't get it either, guys, but um, well done. Well done, Mel. 
for, for, for making questions that no one can answer this time. <laughs> I, I, I've warned everybody that you, you don't know where my brain goes. But I believe question five is yours, Scotty. It is. And this was our most um, vague question. So, fingers well, so crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but... For our first episode of 2017, fondly known as episode 51, cast your minds back. What was different about the opening theme music? Because we do expect you guys to know every episode inside and out. Mossman. Simon. It changed. That's not the answer we were looking for, Simon. So, Melissa? Okay, sure. It changed to 50s music? That's also not the answer we were looking for. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue for this one. Mel went to fiddle camp over the summer holidays. Derek. Melissa. Was it classical music? Just checking for clarification, no. Mel. No, no not classical no. music. No. Derek. Melissa. Did Mel play the music? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think we were wrong in thinking that this one was one of our vaguer questions. Okay, I'm calling time on that one too. For a very brief period, one week only, we became known as the Fiddle Adventurers as we introed the program with some fiddle music. Otherwise known as folk music. If you'd said folk, we would have given it to you. But good efforts, team. You both had a guess. (laughs) Now, we've got six questions this time. Uh, Just a quick score update, Mel. Uh, well, the, the score remains <laughs> at two to Simon Mackley, two out of five. Okay. <laughs> I think that rules me out. For New South Wales. I've still got and, home. I've still got home. No, no. We, well, there are still there's still two two more questions. We've got question number six to go. That's it. It's worth two points. <laughs> it's worth two <laughs> points. <laughs> we forgot <laughs> to tell <laughs> you that. <Okay>. Question six. <laughs> Is worth two points, a new feature of November Madness. <laughs> Take it away, Mel. On the 2nd of September 2017, the Australian female record was broken in a time of 15.57 at Newey Park Run. What is the name of the athlete who holds this record? Mossman. Simon. I want to say Celia Sullivan. You do want to say that because that's correct. Where's, where's your little bing, Scotty? <laughs> <laughs> well done, Simon. And there's the delay gratification of the crowd finally cottoning on. So it looks like we've got a new carryover champion. Congratulations, Sorry, Melissa. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> and and just quietly, I have to claim this one for Queensland because Simon has spent many of his formative years in Queensland. So. He, he's officially a Queenslander, despite the fact he resides in New South Wales. <laughs> Unfortunately, just checking the rule book again, Mel, it does not count. <laughs> so, New South Wales. Where did we get a book for the rules? 
Oh, it's very extensive. Are you writing it as we go? No, it's sitting right next to me here. I will share oh, it with okay. everyone. That would be fun. Next time I see them. But congratulations. <laughs> Mel, Lissa, thank you very much for Are you welcome? It's been fun. I was proud of you. Despite your loss this week, I was still proud. But I'm for sorry, the very first, For the very first champion of our madness quiz, it was from Victoria. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. And congratulations, Simon. Thank you. Way to represent. In life moments, Simon. Where would this put it? Top five? Oh, top, top 50 maybe. Top, I, heard, <laughs> I heard top five. <laughs> there was certainly a five in that number. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, we're honoured. We're honoured that you think so highly of that. And we hope you can um, have an enjoyable summer. We probably won't bring it back until 2018. Sure. So enjoy the glory. Talk about it at Christmas. We'll see who's willing, after the calibre of those questions, who's willing to come and contest your position as carryover champ of the madness. Sure. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us. You've both been super awesome sports. Howdy, park runners! It's Toc here. I'm reporting in from the Coomera Park Run launch today, where the uh, crowd numbers have certainly built. Uh, we've had a fair bit of sunshine. It's been a wonderful day. Really big turnout in a town that's only got a population of 385. It looks like we're going to break 250 for numbers. So uh, I'll wander in. I'll have a talk to a couple of people. Um, I've got Greg and Shirley Dell here with me. They're Inverloch Park Runners. Um, both of them have run quite a few times, quite a few volunteers between them as well, which is fantastic to see. And uh, I'll just get their thoughts on what the course was like. First of all, Greg, what do you think of the course? Okay, Doc, thanks for the question, mate. It was a grass course. Nice, um, soft surface to run on, other than running on concrete. Lovely course, plenty of birds around, a lot of people. A lot of room, nice wide course, very, very scenic. I loved every minute of it. Spot on. And Shirley, what do you think of the course? Oh, I loved the bridges. That was uh, the highlight, uh, running over them. Um, it's really good. One of the things I wanted to catch up with you guys about, you've been involved in a run recently, I think it might have been last week, uh, for raising funds for cystic fibrosis called Great Strides. Can you tell me a little bit about the run? Yeah, well, it was uh, last Sunday, the 29th, and it's an 8K run or walk or a 4K walk, and it's around the Tan, which is a running track around the uh, Royal Botanic Gardens. Oh, how many people do you think are there, Shirley? Maybe mm. thousand? Yep. Yeah, maybe a thousand people there, all doing it. It's all in um, raising awareness and funds for cystic fibrosis. Uh, a very worthwhile cause, a very well set out course and um, organised event. Talk was great just to go downtown and do that. Yeah, spot on. We might even uh, might even pop a link up on the uh, Parkrun Adventurers page for anyone that wants to have a look at that. Addy Parkrunners, Talk here. I'm with Addy. We're uh, just had a run around the Coomora track. Addy's one of our Inverloch Parkrunners. Um, she started off as one of our RDs at the age of 14 and um, has been running for a while. Eddie, what did you think of the course today? I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Great scenery. Um, get to run over the bridges and really capture what South Gippsland has to offer. Cool. And um, 
I noticed that you've uh, partaken in one of my favourite things after park run. You've had a nice big slice of carrot cake. It uh, looked pretty good and I actually managed to pinch a bit of a sample. What did you think of Million Romeos as a venue for after park run? I thought it was great. Um, them brekkies are really great and they had a great atmosphere going on and great service. So it would be a great place for after park run. And pretty cheap bacon and egg rolls running today. It was pretty good. Yeah, they smelt pretty good. What did you think of the numbers at Coomara today? Oh, it was huge. Um, it was great to see so many locals that had never involved in parkrun and great tourism as well to support a new little, um, you know, Gippsland parkrun. And do you think you'll be back at Coomara or stick with the Inverloch or travel around a little bit? I'm hoping to do a bit of both um, and alternate between the two to see how it's all going. I think you've got a few letters now for your alphabet. So was this your first K? Uh, yes, I believe so. Cool. I know you've got the I and the J, so you're sort of working on the middle of the alphabet pretty well. I believe you've run at a um, fairly big park run overseas somewhere. Yes, I do have a B. I did bushy, so one up on you, but that's okay. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> uh, I think there's about 1,200 people there the day you ran at bushy. Yeah, I think there was, and I ran with in 30 minutes and got position 800, so... It's pretty big and some pretty fast runners down there. Cool. Thanks a lot for coming on the podcast today, Eddie. Well Thank done. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. I'm with Ebony Knox. Ebony is the event director at Coonwara and we're doing something a little bit different today. We're, we're actually sitting in a kindergarten on the Monday after the launch. Uh, we're sitting on the, uh, the little chairs in the kinder and we're just having a bit of a reflection back about the launch and Saturday and how big the day was. Um, thanks for coming on board, Eb. No worries at all, Talk. Thanks for having me. No worries. So, Ebony, the town of Coomara has 385 people. You managed to get 255 people to your launch. What did you think of the day? Yeah, Talk, it was absolutely incredible. Um, it, was, it was a buzz in the whole weeks in the lead up to it, especially the couple of days before it. Um, the whole community was on board, really supportive. The local businesses were all out in force. We had the uh, Coomora Farmers Market happening just up the hill as well. So there was, yeah, certainly a buzz around the town. My sister, who was helping me organising it, um, she dropped her daughter off at kindergarten the day before and she said in the couple of minutes that she was there at drop off she said she got hustled about five or six times from parents just really excited about the launch yeah that's it's really cool it's been a um bit of a buzz around and looking at the stats from the day like there was over 50 people did their first park run ever and I think there was about 10 or 15 that did their second park run so they've registered when Coonwara's come online wandered off down the road probably down to Inverloch done a park run and now they're back and regular so you've got a really good regular crowd there already of people that are coming out and people loved it on the day and that's a fantastic thing about it. That's it Talk and I think we had something uh, incredible support from all the parkrun tourists as well. We had people from all over the other side of Melbourne and I think pretty much half of Gippsland was there as well and another thing Talk, the um, probably about three quarters of the people with us on Saturday were all walkers as well so not just all the fit athletes of South Gippsland but um, yeah good to see a good variety of people out there. Yep. And Ed, one of the things that I found fascinating at the launch, um, you, you go around all these launches and you do tend to hear a lot of the same sort of thing. At your launch, 
we heard all about huga. Yeah, so it's a Danish word, talk, and I'm not Danish. I've got no Danish blood in me what's at all. But um, in the day before, I was working on my speech and I thought I just need some quote or um, something how I can sum up the support and of the community as well as that a bit of a sort of future direction for where we want to go with Coomora Park Run. And so it's it's the spelling of Hugar is H-Y-G-G-E uh, and I did some research on the pronunciation as well and I pronounce it Hugar. Um, copped a little bit of flack from family and friends and they said, what is this Hugar? But um, it's all about building a sanctuary and community, inviting closeness. Um, it's about creating well-being and a sense of connection and celebrating the everyday. And I think that's what Parkrun community is in general. And I think that's how the Coonwarra community welcomed us by uh, creating that sense of community. And so in my speech, I reflected on that and said, um, we've been welcomed into the Coonwarra community. And so now it's time to invite everybody into the parkrun community as well. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And uh, not often you go along to a parkrun and get edumacated. <laughs> I'm a teacher talk. I'm a kindergarten teacher. There's some very lucky kids out there. <laughs> And Ed, uh, give us a bit of a description of your course. I, I love it, but give us a bit of a description of the course. Oh, talk! I could spend the next hour. How long does this podcast go for? <laughs> I'm very biased, talk. I think we've got a, a brilliant course. It starts right out the front of Million Romeo's Cafe at the Coonwarra, um, at the South Gibbs, at the rail trail there. It heads 2.5 kilometres along the rail trail towards Menion. Um, it is slightly undulating. There was a few comments at the end about the bit of a steep in line uh, probably about 100 metres away from the finish line. It passes over three bridge. I think it's the Tarwin River and uh, Blackspur Creek uh, that it it passes over um, and through some iconic Australian scenery as well. There's gum trees, there's farmlands, it's quite beautiful. And another park run that you've got a fair chance of seeing a koala at if you look hard up in the trees. That's it, spot the koala, yep. uh, Right, Ed, give us a bit of a background. I know you've you've recently been overseas. In fact, we we booked the date in for your launch, and you took off overseas for a month. And uh, yeah, that you was, had a really good crew behind you in the background. It but. was it was good timing, definitely. While I was overseas, I managed to do Weymouth Park Run. I was um, very well supported by family who um, made that happen. Um, on my list of things to do there was Stonehenge and you know London Bridge and Buckingham Palace but I think um, exceeding all of that it was um, doing a UK park run so I went over and um, yeah did Weymouth Park Run. That's cool well Ed, thanks for your time and it's been a uh, an amazing little journey. Coomwara certainly um, was full to the brim on Saturday morning. Car parking is a bit of a premium and good luck for next week. No worries. Hopefully we'll get 2.55 again next week, Doc. (laughs) Cheers, Ed. Thanks. Thank you. Well, Scotty, I think it's time. We need to send another sequined microphone down south. We did promise, didn't we? Last week we said if Toc delivers, he's in. He's delivered. So he's in. Welcome to the Channel 5 News Crew, Toc. And um, how good, how pretty... Does Coonwarra sound? I think that's going to be on uh, a few adventurers' wish list. Three ridges, koalas, gum trees. Yeah, it sounds pretty spectacular. Speaking of spectacular, 
The Parkrun Adventurers Pearlustration Giveaway Extravaganza Spectacular has ended. Oh, if you missed out, it's too late. It has. We are going to draw the winner and go through the findings from the Pearlustration on next week's episode. Because this one's been so chock full, let's save something for next week. But thank you to everybody who participated in the Pearlustration. We got some Pearlers. <laughs> Some pearlers and some great information to be going on with. So looking forward to sharing that all with you next week. Yep. In, so, in hindsight, Mel, we didn't explain this year exactly what a pearl illustration is. I had a couple of people say to me, I didn't know it was a survey. Oh, really? Mm. But they followed the link and did no. it. No. You would assume. Had no idea no? what it was. Had no idea what we were talking about. Oh, okay. Well, obviously they need to go back and, and listen from episode one to <laughs> to get their history. <laughs> It's a learning exercise. But also on next week's show, Kelly's back. Remember we had Kelly a couple of weeks ago. She was telling us what we can and can't eat. Now we want to know what questions you've got for Kelly. It was nigh on almost, it will be almost two months by the time she, she pops back in. So yes, please, if you've got any questions for Kelly about nutrition and diet and, you know, probably running related might be good, but doesn't necessarily have to be. We're not being strict. Yeah, so get in touch with us. Facebook, email, Twitter. Instagram. Instagram. However you want to get those questions to us, do it. Otherwise, I'm going to be asking her about donuts again. <laughs> and we already know the answer to that question. I don't think it's going to change. But what is changing is the number of events in Australia on a weekly basis lately. And this week, to up the ante by two more events, New South Wales are coming to the party. Where are we launching in New South Wales this weekend, Scotty? A couple of inter interesting ones. Broken Hill, that's in the middle of nowhere. And Cowra, a bit more accessible. I think that's near Canberra. Is that right? It's around there somewhere. Don't ask me about geography in New South <laughs> Wales. <laughs> well, I know Broken Hill is a long way from anywhere. So that's exciting that they're getting a park run. Great to reach out to these parts of Australia. And anniversary-wise, there's going to be celebrations at Diamond Creek in Victoria. Geograph Bay in WA. Launceston in Tasmania. And Nepean River in New South Wales. There's a couple of great park runs right there. I think it marks five years of park run in Tasmania. With Launceston, they're one of the first ones to come on board. So I imagine that's going to be a party. Now, normally, Mel, I would be heading to Diamond Creek for their anniversary because, as you know, it's my closest parkrun to home. But I'm back on the tools on Saturday. I'm back in the run directing role at Westerfolds. And I've got to tell you, I'm a little bit nervous. It's been a long time. What are you nervous about? That you'll get some creative volunteering or that you have to speak in front of a crowd? Oh, I'm pretty comfortable with the speaking in front of the crowd. I'm not too worried about creative volunteering because that's always a bit of fun. Okay. I don't know what I'm nervous about. <laughs> You're not leaving a lot of options. <laughs> just me cocking it up in general, I guess. I don't know. Fair enough. It's just uh, I've never been nervous and apprehensive about being run director, but I think it's just been such a long time. How long has it been? Months. Months. I think the last time I did it was back at Studley. Oh, well, you know what? I think 
you should probably do it for a good six to seven weeks <laughs> in a row just to get really confident again before you have another break. Mm. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Not that I don't enjoy it, love it, but I just think we should leave it to more capable hands. And there are plenty of them around at Westerfold, so that's good. Have you got some adventures coming up this week? Uh, I do have a little bit of an adventure coming up this week. Not to a new event, but to an event that I haven't been to in far too long. I'll be heading to Central Lakes on Saturday. We've got an event director at Central Lakes who is defecting. She will be soon starting another park run elsewhere. And so she's stepping down from her event director role at Central Lakes. This is the infamous Connie Isherwood, who we have had on the podcast before. One of the co-winners of our Strava Art competition. And she's starting North Harbour at the end of the month. So I'm heading along to see the Central Lakes team on Saturday. Okay, we'll pass on my congratulations to Connie for not only winning our Strava Art contest last year, which I'm still sure she's dining off the glory from that, um, but also taking on a new event at North Harbour. That sounds good. I might put that one in my diary, Mel. 25th of November, if you can make it, Scotty. Okay, okay it's going in. Mark it down. Sounds good. Ooh, ooh. You might get some adventurers heading that way. Maybe we could see if Lyndall's available to come along. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. We're all going to be in the one location. Should we fly in the rest of the crew? How's the bank balance looking? <laughs> um, on account of we don't have a bank account, probably not too healthy. Who's in charge of that? I don't know. Do you reckon if we opened a bank account, it would just like fill up? Maybe maybe at the end of every episode, we could say, give out our bank details and just see what happens. I've seen people monetize podcasts. You know, I could just slip into a read for some web hosting service or some pre-shaving kit or something like that. But we haven't done Oh, that. that sounds like it makes for good content. I'm sure everyone loves listening to those. I'm always curious around it from the advertiser's point of view because you can just fast forward on a podcast, which is what I do. As soon as someone starts talking to me, I just go, right, so we're not going to do that at the Parkrun Adventures. It, it is really quite weird, isn't it? Like, it's it's artificial and everybody knows it's artificial. So what is it selling? Like, do people actually go and buy those things? I don't know. Well, it's in it's in your conscience. So now that if I start talking about, give me a product. Um, give me a product that we want to come on board. You know those bouncy things that have the little things that you hold onto with your hands and you bounce around on? What are they called? The things as a kid, you used to bounce yeah. on big balls. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the background adventurer's word of the day is... <laughs> <laughs> This really does need to be a theme every week, isn't it? <laughs> One day my language skills might come back. Little known fact, I actually have a master's degree in editing and publishing, but you wouldn't <laughs> know it based on my level of language skills and literacy lately, would you? No, well, I could be helping you out, Mel, and I'm not. But Yeah, yeah you never do, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to Google what – hold on, I'm Googling this because – it's, it's going to annoy the bejesus out of me. And I think if somebody did a park run bouncing around on one of these things, would that be classified as under your own steam? I don't know. 
We don't have rules around it, do we? No, it's not got wheels. It would be like doing it on a pogo stick, I suppose. So here's an opportunity to grow the market of... Have you found out what they're called yet? No, bouncy things. Did you Google figures? With handle. <laughs> That's the words I'm using. <laughs> I should I should do images. Ah, oh, but look, it comes up. There's the pictures of it. What is this toy called? A uh, big rubber ball you could sit on and bounce, and there were handles. Yeah. No, but what's it? What's it? Jump ball? It's not a jump ball. It must have had an actual proper name, surely. You don't see too many of them around anymore. I think it was from our generation. Like, Kush has never come up to me and said, Daddy, I've seen this cool thing. I want a jump ball. Uh, no. Yeah, that, that must be difficult at Christmas time when they've told you something they've seen on an ad, but it doesn't actually have a name. They're, people are calling them bouncy balls with handles. No, they must have a proper name. <laughs> if somebody can find out what the bouncy balls with handles actually are called, please let us know. I'm seeing a gap in the market, Mel. This is the gap. This is the opportunity for us to launch Parkrun Adventurers merchandise. And our first item, well, our second, because we're already locked into the leg warmers, our second item is... Is it some kind of knobby handle giant bouncy ball? Mm. Just got to workshop the name. Or not. Oh, somebody's calling it a space hopper. I don't know if yeah. that's the official thing, though. Nah, don't like that. Don't like that. So come back to me next week. You've got a week to think about it. It'll probably come to me in 10 hours, not unlike Conjunction did after we finished recording last time. Or Sheridan, if you could help us out, that'd be great too. Come up with a name during the week. Mel, thank you. We've got to wrap this up. People have got lives to get to. And this has been a long one. So thank you again. That's my pleasure. And even if you are listening to this at 1.5 times speed, you're still going to get a solid hour in, I reckon.